Hello, welcome back to Arab American Psycho. I am the host of this podcast. My name is Noral Caldi. N as in Nancy, O as in Oscar, O as in Oscar, R as in Robert, E as in Edward, L as in Larry, K as in Kangaroo, H as in Harry, A as in Apple, L as in Larry, D as in David, I as in Igloo. Um, if you're new here, welcome. This is going to be a fucking weird episode. Not that they aren't all weird. I just feel like this one is going to be particularly weird. Um, and if you have been here before, I mean, I'm I'm happy you're back. Leave a review on iTunes because you clearly like the fucking show. Um, I always feel so weird about asking people to review the show on iTunes because it's like weird to ask people for things, especially for me. It's very hard for me to ask people to do things. So I end up just asking people in a very hostile and violent way. I don't know why hostility makes it easier for me to ask people to do things if it's more of like a threat, not like an actual threat, but like, you know, like a little JK threat, just like a little JK, like I'll kill you if you don't leave a review. Ha ha. Um, that kind of threat, just like a fun little threat. So if you like the show, just leave a fucking review on iTunes, leave a couple stars. It helps the show. It helps me. It makes me happy. Don't you want me to be happy guys? You don't care. It's fine. Um, anyway, this week's episode was supposed to be with my sister Reem, who's been on the show many times. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have four older sisters. Reem is closest in age to me. We are a year and nine months apart. We often like to tell people that we are twins. Um, not really sure why, but we we do this pretty often. And we're besties, but we also, I would say, fight the most out of all of my siblings because we're, I think, closest in age. We, like, spend the most time with each other. We, like, FaceTime each other every single day. Like, we see each other multiple times a week. Like, I'm always going over to her house. We're always doing things together. She has, like, a cute little family. She has two sons and a husband. And, like, whenever they go on, like, family outings, like, they invite me. And I'm, like, their little, like, you know, little single fun Auntie Nora is going to come. And, you know, I, like, love her sons. Like, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm always posting them on my stories because they're actually the cutest little boys in the world. Um, but yeah, we, we were supposed to record an episode and I was actually really excited about it. So I have planned out kind of the last episodes of the year and I really wanted to have her on because I love episodes with her. Um, and also they're just really fun and we had some really interesting topics that we wanted to talk about. So yesterday, um, I was like, Hey, I'm going to come over like around like six. And then she was like, Oh, like I'm hungry. And I was like, okay, what do we want to eat? And like, we like went back and forth about like, she was like, I want tacos. And I was like, bitch, I had two taco nights this weekend, a burrito night. Like I don't want tacos. And then she was like, well, what about pho? Like, and I was like, Oh, I really kind of don't want pho because like last year I went really hard on pho. Like I went through like an actual phase where I had pho probably three times a week. So like I can kind of never eat pho ever again. And then I was like, okay, well, what about Thai food? Because I was like, I do kind of want a soup, but I don't necessarily want pho. But Tom Yum, I always love Tom Yum. So she was like, okay, fine. So she like told me what she wanted. I went and picked up the Thai food, got to her house. And as soon as I get there, (laughs) she says to me, how would you feel about marrying someone who's cured cancer. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what What do you mean? And then she was like, how would you feel about being the wife of someone who cures cancer? 
And I was like, what the fuck are you saying to me right now? Long story short, my cousin's wife is like a Muslim matchmaker, which also sounds like a made up fucking thing from like Mulan. Um, but she's, she's a Muslim matchmaker and, um, a long time ago, many, many moons ago, maybe like five or six years ago, like I shit you not, I got conned into like making like, you know, like a little like matchmaker profile with her. And then I deleted it. Like, I, cause I was like, this is fucking weird. Like, I don't like this. Like I tried it just to like, you know, cause the thing is, is like when you're a Muslim girl, And, like, even when you have cool Muslim parents, which I think I have pretty cool parents, there is this constant kind of, like, when are you going to get married? Why aren't you trying to get married? Like, you should try to get married. Like, you know, like, what are you actually doing to get married? Whereas I'm just kind of, like, marriage sounds really cool, but also, like, why why do I have to force it? Like, why can't it just happen organically? And then everyone's like, I don't understand how you expect to meet someone. And just, like, ugh. And then it, like, makes me, like, question everything and I'm like you're right maybe I'm not doing enough to meet someone maybe I should be doing more to meet someone and then I like go on a dating app and then I want to kill myself and then I'm like oh no you know like I don't want to be suicidal um so it's just a very fucking weird thing that I genuinely don't know if other um religions or cultures relate with this but like I know that Muslim girls definitely fucking feel me on this shit it's just it's just weird and and you also know that everyone for the most part has like really good Good intentions but at the same time it's just kind of like fuck what does what do you want from me you know what I mean even though like I know what they want from me they want me to get married but like like you realize that like you know there needs to be two parties involved and they have to both mutually like want to like commit to each other for like a lifelong commitment but typically um anyway so she was like oh like our cousin's wife found this guy and he like went to like all these ivy league schools and he's like gonna find the cure to cancer he's like a cancer research doctor person and so i'm like cool because like i'm gonna be honest with you do i think that that means he's probably really intelligent yeah but like i i occupation has never been like you know my thing where I'm like oh my god he's a insert occupation here like let me fucking get there you know what I mean like there just has to be more like you know that's not enough information for me to like want to you know talk to someone like I mean being a doctor is a great accomplishment good for you but like I'm not like oh my god he's a doctor let me let me call him right now you know what I mean anyway so She's like, yeah, like he's like a whatever cancer doctor. And then she's like, so do you want me to like tell like our cousin's wife to like set it up so you guys can talk? And I was like, what? Like, no. And she's like, why? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about this person. And she's like, well, what do you need to know? So she starts like stating like all these like arbitrary fucking facts. Like he's this height, he's whatever this, that. And I'm just like, this is so fucking weird. This is so unnatural. I mean, listen, maybe matchmaking is for other people. I really clearly feel like it's not for me because it makes me feel icky in a way that I cannot even begin to explain to you. Like, it just makes me feel so fucking gross. And so I'm like trying to like just disengage from this conversation. I'm like eating my fucking Tom Yum. It's really spicy. And I always get my Tom Yum Thai hot from the same place. And I swear to God, this time they fucking like knocked over the entire bottle of spices into it. Like I love spicy food. I get it Thai hot. And I mean like really Thai hot, not like fucking whitewash Thai hot. I'm talking about like actually Thai restaurant, Thai lady making it, 
Thai hot. You know what I mean? Like the real fucking deal. I mean, I've never been to Thailand, but I feel like it's pretty fucking authentic. Anyway, they went fucking crazy with this shit. And like, I was like crying in the corner, like taking like little sips of my soup, like just being like, what the fuck? Like, why is my soup so spicy? Anyway, so then my sister is just like, well, like, I don't understand. Like, it's not, you're not asking to like commit to him or marry him. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, why wouldn't you just agree to talking to him? And I was like, dude, like, can we like, can I like, think about it like can I like I don't know like can we not do this right now and um we just like got into a huge fight we just got into a huge fucking fight and I mean most sibling fights are fucking hilarious this one is actually really fucking hilarious like we were just like yelling at each other I started crying like you know like and the thing about me is that I don't most of the time when people are mean to me, like, I don't care. And people are often pretty mean to me because I'm, uh, you know, on the internet. So people feel the need to, like, you know, DM me just random mean shit for, like, no fucking reason, right? And so I am very unfazed by it. But when it's my sister, specifically Reem, when she yells at me, I, like, I, like, am very deeply affected by it. And I think it... I think it's because of a couple of things. Number one, I like have respect for her as a person. So I feel like if she's like upset with me, it's upsetting to me because I value her opinion of me. So there's that factor. And then also something that I was like considering last night is like, I wonder if because I deal with constant kind of hate online and, you know, I, I would imagine, I feel like I am unfazed from it. Maybe I'm not unfazed by it and maybe because of that constant you know build up when someone that I care about is mean to me I'm very sensitive about it because I have noticed that in the last few years I'm much more sensitive to my loved ones when they are upset or angry with me in a way that I never was before but then again I feel like as I get older I'm more in touch and comfortable with my emotions so crying um etc is just it comes to me more like naturally, which I'm not mad about. I think that it's really healthy to feel your fucking feelings and express yourself and, you know, feel all of your emotions. I think, I think it's good to, you know, if you're sad, to be sad. Um, anyway, so that happened and we obviously did not end up recording the podcast. Like I literally like left her house and like, I like just like called my other sister and like cried on the phone. And then I got home and I was like, dude, I don't want to fucking fight. I hate fighting with my sister. I hate fighting with Reem. Like, I'll say it. I don't mind fighting with my other sisters as much, but like, I can't fight with Reem. It deeply upsets me. Like, I I also don't like going to bed in a fight with someone. I've just always been that way. Like, even in the past when I've been in relationships, like, I just am like, listen, whatever the fuck is going on, like, love you. Like, I'm, I'm not mad at you. Like, or like maybe I am mad at you but like I still love you and like it's gonna be fine um and so I texted her and I was just like listen like I don't want to fight with you like I love you and like luckily she was like receptive and she was like I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings as well love you too um but yeah I also just kind of feel like I don't know the aftermath I don't know if anyone else relates to this but like whenever I get into like a huge fight like that like I woke up this morning and I felt like hungover like there's no other way to describe it I've actually never been hungover but I would imagine this is what being hungover feels like like I I feel like really groggy really like dehydrated 
maybe from like crying I don't know but I just like feel kind of shitty and it just also feels like weird to be like hey I know we got into like a huge fight yesterday but like do you want to like record a podcast episode like I don't know whatever so I'm like dude I'm just gonna like do a solo episode and call it a day and it's disappointing because like I said you know I I try to plan out my episodes and like there's a certain like kind of schedule I like to keep and I was like okay I'm gonna do this episode with Reem and then next week's episode is gonna be like this and then the first episode of the year is gonna be like this and I really put a lot of thought into it and so you know like most things in life sometimes things don't go as planned and you have to adjust and so that's what I'm doing right now I'm trying I'm trying to just you know what let go of what I thought was going to happen. And I thought I was going to have this really funny, amazing episode with my sister. Um, and I'm hoping she'll be on the show at some other point and we won't get into a huge fight beforehand. Um, but instead, you know what? You guys like solo episodes, which is great. I really, really, really fucking appreciate the fact that you guys love solo episodes because sometimes I do just like talking to you, but other times I'm going to be completely honest with you. Like if a guest flakes on me on last minute or like if you get into a fight with the guest, I have to do a solo episode because I, listen, I, I, I want to be consistent. I, I like putting out episodes every Sunday. It's important to me. It's a priority to me. Um, and so and this episode this week is sponsored, which you'll, you'll hear from the sponsor later in this episode. So that's also something else. So I'm like, dude, like I just, I have to do it. This is my job. I got I got to do it, you know? So it's going to be a solo episode and we're going to just, we're just going to chat. We're going to talk. Um, it's so weird to me because I feel like what the fuck are people honking about? Do you guys hear that? Anyway, um, I feel like as far as like me and social media, I'm usually pretty candid, but like I've noticed that like I say shit on my podcast that I feel like I would never think that I would say online. Like literally I'm like, I can't believe these words are like leaving my mouth. But I think it's because I know that the people who listen to my podcast are people who actually want to listen to it and actually like give a fuck like every now and then there'll be like some little butthurt person it's usually a dude also which is like okay like shocker and they'll like leave some bitchy little review or like dm me and be like oh here are my thoughts and opinions and i'm like i don't fucking care um anyway but like yeah for the most part it's a really great community of people like you guys send me so many messages and dms that genuinely warm my fucking heart like i could cry when i get dms from you guys telling me like i listened to your episode and like i feel less alone or i listened to your episode and i was in a bad mood and it like made my day i'm just like holy shit like i i i i can't even believe it like i feel so lucky and i feel so grateful for all of you guys who listen and dm me or review the episodes or like whatever the fuck like you just engage with me and you like talk to me and we we have this really cool special relationship and it just feels different than any other um online community that i've ever been a part of you know what i mean so um yeah, it's just, I think that's why I feel so comfortable opening up about certain things that I really kind of never thought I would talk about at all online, especially when it comes to like talking about past relationships. And it's not because of like some, you know, Muslim shame shit. It's because I, I just feel like if I can't tell you the whole story, it just kind of not the same. I think that's why I, when I talk about like past relationships, I do like say little things here and there. 
And there is one certain relationship, one particular relationship that I always want to talk about because it's so fucking funny. Like, it's really fucked up, but it's just so fucking funny. But at the same time, I'm just like, if I, if I really want to get into it and share every detail, then that shit's on the internet forever. And maybe, maybe one day I'll get to that point where I'll feel that comfortable because it's a pretty fucking funny, juicy, juicy story. I mean, it was fucked for me, but like, great content great it made like honestly for like straight up like a year after this relationship it was like my go-to bit like when i would meet someone for the first time like i would try to like bring it up into conversation not for like sympathy not for pity but just because i was like dude this is so fucking funny like i want to tell everyone and that's kind of how i've always been like when something fucking when something really messed up happens to me humor is the way i cope with it um where i'm like i should have been a comedian um but like lol I don't think I would be a good comedian. I think being a comedian is actually like very difficult, but I think that that's kind of how I cope with things is through this like really dark humor and like turning things into like a funny little bit that like, you know, we can all laugh at. And it's really interesting when I like talk about these like fucked up things, but like in a funny joking way. And like people will either like laugh and be like, oh my God, that's so fucking funny. That's so crazy. Or they get like really uncomfortable and they're like, I am so sorry that that happened to you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not how you should feel. Like I'm fine. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so I, I really hope that, you know, one day, one day I'll share the story, um, of my, my, one of my exes. And it's just, it's so funny. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I loved the episode last week with, um, Selma Hindi, which if you haven't heard it, you should really listen to it. And we talked a lot about like dating and relationships. And I really, really commend her as like a Muslim woman, as a hijabi woman for like speaking so openly about like relationships and therapy and dating and like everything that she talks about. And I just really have a lot of respect for people who are open and honest with who they are, because I think it can help people, right? I think that um, the way we normalize a lot of things and experiences and make people feel less alone is by, by talking about them, which is kind of the whole point of my podcast, which is why I'm like, I really want to get to the point where I can talk about like certain things um, in detail because I think it's important, but then it's also at the same time, like, oh, it just, it's just scary. It's scary putting yourself out there on the internet and you know, I really like when it comes to me organically because then it's just, it's out, it's done. And I swear to God, guys, I like black out when I record episodes. I never remember like what I talked about or what I said. And like someone will DM me and be like, oh my God, I loved when you said this. And I was like, when the fuck did I say that? And um, even for like the episode descriptions, like I'll have to like, while I'm recording, write random shit down so I can remember that we talked about it for the episode description because I will fucking forget, like truly it will escape my mind. Um, but something that I've been considering for quite some time, and I was thinking a lot about last night after you know me and my sister got into that argument, was commitment issues. And I've, it's obviously been something that I've thought about before. I'm like, I wonder if I have commitment issues because um, I do find it hard to commit to even the smallest things, like even, even just talking to a guy, even just anything like that. It's very, it takes a lot for me to do that. And I I really like thought about that. I'm like, why is that? Do I actually have commitment issues? Um, Is it something else? And I think that there is a part of me that does have this kind of um, 
anxiety almost about committing to a man romantically because in the past it just hasn't really been great. And it's not like I'm like, oh my God, like I have no hope, like love is dead, love isn't real, and like all men are trash. It's more so like I just feel like I want to feel like the guy is really worthy. And I've just not really come across a lot of guys who I thought were worthy. And I think it's good. I think it's healthy to have high expectations because I feel like for the longest time, the bar was just so low. Like literally it was like, oh my God, he opens doors for me. Like, oh my God. He's also addicted to like drugs, but like he opens doors for me. Wow. So I'm just like, I need to like get out of that mentality where like, I should not be settling for these little fucking bones that you're throwing me. And and I know my worth. And it's just like, it comes down to me being a very forgiving person, me being a really optimistic person, me seeing the good in people. Like, I realize that those are the reasons why I do those things. It's not because I don't value myself. It's not because I don't think I deserve a good partner. It's because I'm a kind person. And which may come as a shock to a lot of you that I am a very kind person. Um, like, I swear to God, all of my friends are like, dude, you've been so nice to your boyfriends. And, th- and that's the thing. Like, when I'm in a relationship with someone, like, I want to be nice to them. I don't want to fight with them. And if I do fight with them, I want to have a productive end result. And I want to grow from it. And, like, I feel like I have a pretty healthy approach to relationships. Um, obviously, you get caught up in the other person's toxicity if they are a toxic person. And that's that's hard for me to navigate um, because, you know, when someone is being toxic towards you and you're, you know, trying to be like level-headed and mature, like after a while, like you end up giving into it and you start doing toxic shit too. And it's just like, wait, what? Like, who am I? Why am I doing this? I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like me. Um, so that's been something that's happened and I've struggled with in the past, but yeah, I'm like, I don't think that I necessarily have commitment issues. I think that I just, I think I'm just tired. I think I'm tired of like giving guys a chance when I don't think that, when I already from the get-go don't think that we're going to be a good match, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to give you a shot. And then I talk to them and they turn out to be exactly what I thought they were going to be. And it just over time, it, it wears on you. And that's why I think when my sister was like, do you want to talk to him? Like, and I was like, I don't know. Let me think about it. And she was like, why are you being so fucking weird about it? I was just like, dude, like you don't, you don't get how exhausting and how draining and how it chips away from you every time you give a guy a shot and then they let you down or they're disappointing or they're exactly who you thought they were going to be. And it's just like, I, how many times can I do this? I can't, I don't have the emotional capacity to keep doing it. I have to reserve energy for people who I think are worthy of it. And not in like an elitist way, just like in a self-preserving kind of way, because I don't want to come across a guy who is amazing and be so fucking drained and jaded from all this other shit that I can't even see it. You know what I mean? And like, I just... I don't know. And then also like the whole concept of like Islamic matchmaking or whatever the fuck. The thing is, is like, it's really funny. One of my friends, we were, we were like um, getting dinner like a few months ago, actually. And we were walking around after dinner and she's, she's not Muslim. Um, 
she's like a fake Jew is what I would describe her as. Well, that's what she would describe herself as. Anyway, she was like, so how does like Muslim dating work? And it's funny because she's known me for like, I don't know, like seven years, right? She's like, I just don't understand how does Muslim dating work? And so, and I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you exactly what I told her. I was like, well, technically in Islam, technically you can't have premarital relationships. So technically there's no such thing as dating in Islam. If we want to be really, really, really fucking technical about it from an Islamic perspective, there's no such thing as dating in Islam. It's considered to be a sin. However, obviously, that is not the case for a lot of people. And um, there's different ways of approaching it, right? You can meet someone on your own and, um, you know, you like start dating them and it's usually in secret and it's usually hidden from everyone, including your family or depending on your family, maybe your family knows, but like, you're not going to like post about it on social media. Like it's very, like, like very on the down low. It's like very secretive. It's like very like double life Hannah Montana type shit. Right. And, and actually double life is exactly how I would describe it. When you're in a relationship and you're a Muslim, it does feel like you're living a double life. Cause you like have this life that you have with this person that you're in a relationship with. And then you have like your quote unquote, like public life. And it's like actually really exhausting. And then, you know, there's also the approach of like a more, I would say typical Muslim kind of meeting someone way, which is that, you know, the guy's family will typically call the girl's family. If you guys are like in a head or like, you know, looking for a heterosexual relationship and, you know, his parents will call and say like, oh, our son is like interested in your daughter. Can we come over? And then they come over and they like have tea. And then like, you know, you awkwardly look at each other from across the room and maybe you get a little bit of alone time to go talk to each other or, you know, go on a coffee date with them, maybe even with a chaperone. I mean, that's a thing too. This week's episode of Arab American Psycho is sponsored by The Doe. The Doe is a digital publication sharing anonymous stories to promote civil disclosure and provides a platform to lesser known, often marginalized stories. The Doe publishes unfiltered narratives from verified anonymous sources, drawing attention to a broad spectrum of viewpoints that encourage readers to confront their own biases. Each month, The Doe explores new themes. December's theme is and beyond, which is great because this hell year is almost over and personally looking to the future is the only thing keeping me sane. Um, I came across a narrative titled Psychedelic Therapy is Therapy of the Future and I was like, yep, yeah, this is the narrative I'm sharing on the podcast this week. The author of this narrative is an advocate of psychedelic therapy, as well as working in the field, and makes their case of using substances to supplement psychotherapy and battle mental health issues. I've always been pretty intrigued by psychedelics because, you know, rock and roll, but also a little scared, but because for years, the narrative around psychedelics was pretty negative, scary, kind of like if you do psychedelics, you're going to die. But within the last year or so, microdosing psychedelics has become way more common. And I started thinking maybe psychedelics weren't as scary as society wants us to think they are. And maybe they can actually help us grow and even live a happier life. Um, The author writes, psychedelics won't give you the map, but what they can do is let you zoom out and see the lay of the land so you can plot your course more wisely. If you aren't awake in your normal life, then your experience will feel just like an amusement ride. Get on, get high, and get off. 
The author goes on to speak about how prescription drugs may actually do more damage than psychedelics. And I'm not saying to stop taking your prescriptions, but I'm just saying that's what they said. And they also shared some pretty interesting facts about the war on drugs and drug education in the United States. This was such a cool read, and I encourage you to read the rest of this narrative as well as many other narratives available on the Doe's website. I've linked this narrative in the episode notes, but you can also visit the Doe.com. That's T-H-E-D-O-E, like a female deer.com. Thank you to the Doe for sponsoring this episode. Now back to the conversation. Um, and like, you know, then you decide if you want to like continue talking, which usually that talking period is quite brief. Notice how I say talking, not dating, because that's what they will always call it, talking. And then you will like promise yourself to each other like you're like fucking betrothed to each other. And um, and also this, like there's no such thing as engagement in Islam. Like you're just married. You usually just like, it's like get married. Um, but like culturally, they will do this thing in Arab culture called Fatha where you like just read like a chapter of the Quran and then like make a promise to be betrothed to each other. I mean, I guess that's the closest thing to engagement. Anyway, and then usually you just like get married and like that's it. Or, you know, there's like these new ways of it happening through like matchmaking and all this shit and like dating apps. And it's so funny. I got contacted by um, this really, I, I would say the most popular dating app and they wanted me to um, do a sponsored post on Instagram. So um, I, being the dick I am, I'm like, I don't really want to do this. But, you know, I'm just going to ask them for a lot of money. And if they say yes, I'll fucking do it. I don't want to, but I'll do it. And I mean, I'm on the app, right? So it's like not like inauthentic, I guess. I just think it's like kind of weird and off brand for me to promote a dating app. But I'm like, I feel like I could maybe do it in a funny way. But that's neither here nor there because I asked them for like a fuck ton of money. Like being like, well, if they, if they offer to give me a fuck ton of money, then I'll do it. And they, they said no. So <laughs> I'm not doing that. But um, yeah, they, they contacted me and I'm gonna, I really wanted to be like, dude, you're, you really should like hire me to like maybe like help make your app like better instead of like promoting it. Like why don't we like work on like improving it? Um, and it just, it's just really, it's really fucking weird. And like, you know, I... I can't speak for all Muslim women and or all Muslims and how they meet people. But like, anyway, so I explained this to my friend and she's still like puzzled because like, she's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, so like, um, she's like, well, what do you, how do you want to do it? And I'm like, I mean, honestly, I just want to meet someone and like get to know them and date them. And if I like them, I'll introduce them to my parents and then, you know, go from there. And I just... I don't know, call me, call me a westernized American Arab girl, but that's just what the fuck I think is the right move for me. And so when I have these like fucking Islamic matchmaking bullshit shit thrown in my face and like one of the questions is like, you know, what's your complexion? And he describes his complexion as like fair. I just want to fucking vomit everywhere. I'm like, gross. Like that's, why is that even a question? And also like, I don't know why the word fair is so triggering to me like it just makes me think of just racism um so it just makes me like throw up everywhere and um I don't know man I just I just I don't know what the best thing is you know I don't know what the right thing is and I'm just you know figuring it out as I go but you know it's funny because I 
I do sometimes. I'm like, oh, like I, I wish I had a boyfriend, you know, to go on walks when the weather is nice. You guys, I'm sure if you listen to the podcast for a while, you know how I feel like going on walks when the weather is nice. Like I feel very strongly about walking when the weather is nice. It's like the weather is nice. We have to be outside. We have to go on a walk. We have to take advantage of this beautiful fucking weather, um, which by the way, I think I'm allergic to walks. Um, really quickly want to just insert that the last two times I've gone on walks, my legs have gotten really itchy and I looked it up and it was like this weird fucking condition. And then I consulted my friend Camly, who's like my fucking doctor friend. She is a hospitalist, which is a real occupation and she did say it does sound like i have that weird fucking walking thing but your body just needs to like adapt to walking again anyway um just wanted to really quickly put that in there that like i think i'm allergic to walking now which seems like a cruel fucking punishment since i love walking anyway um but yeah sometimes i'm like oh i wish i had a boyfriend to like go on trips with or like go on walks with or like I don't know, like massage my feet or like, I don't know, like watch like a dumb movie and like eat pizza. But then other times I'm just like, that sounds so annoying. That sounds so annoying. I just like want to be alone in silence and in my clean apartment. And I want to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. And I don't want to have to consult with someone before I decide what to make for dinner or if I want to go do something with someone. Like, I don't want to have to be like, oh, by the way, I'm going to go do like, I just, I want to feel free. I want to feel like I have no obligation to anyone. So like, I mean, it's, I just waver back and forth between like, I fucking love being single so much. Like I love sleeping alone in my bed. I love it. Like I, I just, everything about being alone, I love. I've always loved being alone. Not in like an emo, like Emily the Strange kind of way, even though like low key I am Emily the Strange deep down inside. But like, I don't know, man. Like I just feel like being alone is so luxurious. <laughs> and I mean, there's obviously really great perks to being in a relationship like cuddling or like you know going for walks I love how it just always comes back to like I just wanted someone to walk with me like can I just hire someone to go on walks with me and tell me that I'm pretty um but yeah I just it's I don't I don't know it's like I'm cool being alone but like I also feel like you know I like I dabble in trying to pursue a relationship because I do feel that pressure that I talked about earlier this episode like I do feel this kind of like TikTok like everyone is like when are you gonna get married and like even my sister when we were like fighting yesterday she said some kind of hurtful things to me um and she's like made some comments about like well I don't want you to be like this age and alone and like she was just like the way she said it it was like ugh, gross like fuck off like why are you bullying me and like what if I am alone you know what what if I am like then what like am I like less worthy of a person because I think that everyone can find someone but like what if what if you don't what if what if what if you don't find like the right person for you and you don't feel like settling and I feel like so many people end up settling and if that's what makes you happy then that's cool I don't think there's I think that if you're okay with it and you're aware that you're settling and like you have some logical reasoning behind it like I get it like get there get that fucking whatever it is that you're trying to get like good for you um it's not like in a shamey kind of way but I just I feel like if someone isn't improving my quality of life in some way or I don't know I just I don't 
I don't see the point. I just think that the idea of getting married just because it's like a societal norm kind of doesn't make sense to me anymore. Like, I feel like I definitely felt that pressure when I was younger. Like, I'm like, oh, by this age, I need to like be married. By this age, I need to like have kids. But, and then like I got older and I was like, these are all just like completely fucking made up things that like don't really matter. And like, why should I have to abide by these fucking arbitrary societal norms like what like no like I'm gonna do what makes me happy I'm gonna do what feels right for me and that's my priority is doing things that feel right for me and I think having a partner is so special and beautiful but like I also think being alone is really special and beautiful and that's my constant internal conflict like I I think both are great I think they're both great options. And that's why I think that like whenever people are like, why aren't you like trying to do anything about it? I'm like, because I don't feel this weird fucking pressure. You know what I mean? Like, I guess, yeah, sometimes it comes in like little waves here and there because like someone will say something or something will happen. Usually like my mom will say something to me. Um, and like, I'm just like, fuck, like, or like my dad will be like, I want to see you get married before I die. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, if you have a Palestinian dad, you know you know that it's like, it's not even like an emotional manipulation kind of thing. Cause I feel like if I told like one of my like white friends, like, oh, my dad used to tell me when I was four years old, one day I'm going to die and you're going to cry tears of blood for me. They're going to be like, that's really weird. I, but I'm like, no, that's just like how Arabs talk. We're really, we're really dramatic. And it's not like he's trying to like emotionally manipulate me. It's just like, that's how Arab people speak. Like, I can't even explain it. Like, we're just really fucking dramatic. We're just really out here telling people that they're going to cry tears of blood. Like, are you kidding me? That's some true blood shit. Um, but yeah, so I just, I don't know. It's just so weird. It's so, 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 so weird. And, and like, I feel like I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to talk about like dating and relationships because I feel like that was like last week's episode with Selma. But I'm like, listen, this is, this is what's on my mind. Like less than 12 hours ago, literally less than 12 hours ago, I got into a huge fight with my sister about this and it's fresh on my mind and, um, I got to get an episode up. So I just want to talk about things that are, that are on my mind and that, um, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe some of you guys can relate and, um, maybe you're experiencing similar things or whatever. And so, you know, it's all about feeling seen. It's all about feeling heard. Um, I should change my podcast episode, podcast name to feeling seen and heard with Noor, um, which I got a DM the other day from this girl and she, she basically told me that my podcast guests weren't diverse enough. And at first I was just kind of like, whatever. All right, cool. Like I'll make a note of it. I'll try to be um, more diverse or whatever. And then it like, the more I thought about it, kind of, it kind of annoyed me, kind of frustrated me because I was like, I actually try. I actually really, really, really do try to be diverse. I really, really fucking try to talk to people from all different, um, cultures, um, ethnicities, races, whatever, like, I, like sexual orientation. Like I, I try, I really, 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 really do fucking try. Like it is something that I really deeply consider, but like, I can't control 
who wants to come on my podcast? Like for the most part, I will say I'm pretty lucky in that when I ask people to come on, they're like, yes, absolutely. But sometimes people are like, no, like I have social anxiety. I don't really like talking, which is fucking fair. Sometimes I just get straight up ghosted. That's fine too. But I can't, I can't control people wanting to be on my podcast. And I also have other criteria that I look for when I ask someone to be on my podcast. Like, do I think they're a good conversationalist? Do I think they will make an interesting guest? Do I think that they have something to contribute or share that's different? Do I think that my audience will resonate with this person? Do I think that this person aligns with kind of what Arab American Psycho is all about? Um, You know, like there's a lot that goes into it. It's not that I'm like, I'm just picking people willy fucking nilly. Like I'm thinking about it. This is a thoughtful selection process. And so- it did kind of upset me in a way because I was like, you know, I really fucking try, man. I really fucking try. And I I obviously, the show is called Arab American Psycho because I identify as an Arab American, but in no way is a show only about Arabs or only for Arabs. It's for everyone. And that's why I purposefully try to have so many different people on the show because I want to make it clear that although the name is Arab American Psycho, it's not just about and for Arab Americans. It's for everyone. And, um, you know, I think that taking that on in itself, like if I wanted to make a show just about Arabs, Arab Americans, I swear to God, that would make my life so much easier because I would just pick Arab Americans, but I'm constantly trying to like switch it up. Right. I'm constantly, but at the same time, like I'm, I don't have like some like quota in my mind where I'm like, I have to have like this percentage of this, this percentage of that. It's just more so like constantly trying to keep it feeling different, constantly trying to make it feel diverse. You know, for a while it was like, oh, I've had too many Muslim people on. I want to have people who aren't Muslim on the show. Like just little things like that, that I'm like, I want all these different perspectives to come into play and you know every now and then I'm like oh I want to have a dude on the show which for the most part I love having female guests just because you know I love women and I think that women are the best and women's voices should be heard at the loudest volume at all times um but you know sometimes it's like cool to have like a male perspective and there aren't as many male guests on the show because well I hate most men so (laughs) oh my god um but yeah so it was just kind of frustrating because I was like dude like I'm fucking trying, man. Like I'm like trying. Fuck. Like it just it's kind of frustrating how like no matter what you do, people are always going to like be mad or like be I don't know, criticize you. And I'm just like there are some people who actually don't fucking care. And I actually do care. And you still want to shit on me like fuck. Um but then again, I'm like I don't really give a fuck. Um So that was that. And I also was like, dude, this person clearly doesn't listen to my podcast. Because if you look at the last, I don't know, like six episodes, like it's pretty fucking diverse. If you just look at literally just the last six episodes, like fuck out of here. I'm not like mad at the person. I'm just kind of like, you know, I reflected on it because I think constructive criticism is important. So I took time to reflect on it. And then I was like, "Mm, I respectfully disagree. I think that I really do try my best. And I know that having pure intentions for me, is the most important thing. And that's my intention. And maybe it's not always executed. Just like today as an example, my fucking sister was supposed to be on the show and she's not here. Shit happens. Things happen. People have to reschedule sometimes. People decide at the last minute that, you know, after we record, they're like, I'm not comfortable with this being released. Like I, there are so many things that happen behind the scenes that are out of my control. So 
you know, I've just, I just got to roll with the punches and go with the flow. And I'm also a one woman show, which I know that I fucking talk about pretty often, but like, I am a one woman show. Like I produce this, I edit this, I, you know, I contact guests myself. I'm doing everything. I do promo. I do everything all on my own. And this is not my full-time job. I have a full-time job. So as like a freelance creative and I mean, juggling a lot of different I guess jobs is pretty normal, I would say nowadays, but it's doesn't make it any easier. You know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, I think that the lesson learned from that is, is, you know, if someone is kindly giving you constructive criticism, you can reflect on it, but you don't always have to, you don't always have to agree with it. Um, and that's okay. It's, it's not like I'm saying that that person is like an asshole. I just respectfully disagree. Um, oh, so I got, I finally got a new couch, guys. I, I think I talked about it last week's episode slightly that I was going to go pick it up. The couch is more beautiful than I could ever have imagined. If you follow me on Instagram, I have like posted it on my feed and on my stories like a million times. And I'm probably going to do um, a living room tour on TikTok at some point, maybe like in January, I'm thinking. Um, because he, he, I have a Christmas tree in my living room right now because fuck you. I love Christmas. Listen, for anyone who's like Muslim and offended by this, like, sorry, I'm not sorry. I don't really care. I love Christmas. I love Christmas. And it's not because I'm like, I want to be a Christian or I want to, I want to be like a white person. No, dude, I just love Christmas. I just love it. It's a happy fucking time. And every time I look at my tree, it like releases fucking serotonin and it just fills me with joy. And I love Christmas and like, whatever. And like, I don't want to post I don't want to post a living room tour with my Christmas tree in my living room because I don't want, I don't want to be like one of those controversial Muslims. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm never trying to be controversial when I say shit or do shit. Like I really genuinely try not to be because I'm like, I'm not trying to fucking get people to hate on me. I don't want that to happen. It just tends to happen to me quite a bit. But yeah, I'm like, I don't feel like my fucking comment section on TikTok being filled with Muslim people being like, oh my God, like, uh, look at this, like, Muslim girl, so sad the Ummah's collapsing because she has a fucking Christmas tree. Like, you might as well just convert to Christianity. And I'm just like, even if I did, like, what the fuck is it to you? Like, maybe I am, maybe I do love Jesus, which Muslims do love Jesus, but like, maybe I love Jesus in a Christian way. Like, what the fuck is it to you? I love Jesus in a Christian way. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to do that um, probably in the new year when I take down my Christmas tree, which I'm already dreading because I'm like, I love my tree so much. It's so beautiful. Um, but yeah, so I got a new couch. It's so fucking beautiful. It's so stunning. It's literally from the 1980s. It's Italian leather. I bought it from the original owner. And when I went to go pick it up, she told me when she bought it, she bought it in 1980. Oh, no. Maybe she said 1979. No, 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 no. No, she bought it in 1980, and it's Natuzzi, which is like an Italian furniture store. But she bought it when Natuzzi was manufacturing their furniture in Italy. Now they manufacture in China, um, which is fine. It's just like not the same as when it's manufactured in Italy. So she bought it um, in 1980, and then she had it until like I think she said like 1989 in her main living room which was the year that I was born. And then she moved into a bigger house. So they put it like in like the guest living room. You know what I'm talking about? Like one of those living rooms that like people don't sit in. And so the leather is actually like in really great condition. It's just so stunning and it's so beautiful. And I love it. I love it so much. And it makes me really, really happy. And um, 
The only issue is I, so my last couch was suede. And if you are, sorry, velvet. And if you have a velvet couch and you have cats, you know that like cat hair is going to stick to it like a fucking magnet. And it, I had it for like three years and it just made me fucking insane. I mean, I was vacuuming my couch at least one time a day, if not twice a day. And there was still cat hair all over it. And it was just really gross. So um, I got a leather couch because I read online that if you get real leather, cats can't rip it. That's not true. Um... <laughs> The first day I got it, I woke up in the morning and there was little punctures. I mean, it's fine, whatever. It's a vintage couch, so it's fine. Um, But my cat, like, made two little holes in it. I don't even think he, like, intentionally did it. I think that, like, sometimes his nails are just long and they get stuck in things. And so I have two cats. Gremmy lets me cut her nails. She's an angel. Fifi literally acts like I'm murdering him when I cut his nails. Super fucking dramatic about it. And so I've been trying to cut his nails. I think I managed to like cut like, I don't know, like six nails in like a span of like a week. It's pretty sad. Um, But yeah, so I have been covering it with a blanket for the time being, but I just ordered like off of... um, off of the internet, I ordered like this like sticky paper stuff that I'm going to put underneath the couch. You know, that little black sheet thing at the bottom of the couch? Well, my cats destroyed it on my other couch and decided to turn it into a little cat hammock. So I decided I'm going to be proactive about it this time around. And I'm just going to put that sticky stuff uh, under and hopefully that deters them. And then I also got that anti-scratch spray, which I've had it before and I don't know that it worked really well, but I'm trying like a different brand um, and it's more expensive. So like in my mind, I'm like, maybe this will work better because it's more money, but maybe I'm just wasting more money. Who can really say for sure? But I'm just hoping I can find a way to not have my cats completely fuck up this couch because it actually is the most beautiful couch I've ever seen. And I really, really love it. So, um, but yeah, I think I moved in. Oh, excuse me. I'm not trying to like be Emma Chamberlain, but like I drink a lot of coffee and sometimes coffee makes me burp. That's so gross. Again, never thought I would burp on the internet. I'm so sorry. Even though I do burp in my family's face all the time, but I just like don't want to do it on the internet. So like, I truly apologize. That was like involuntary burping. I wasn't trying to burp to like be like a quirky, like little Gen Z kid. Like, sorry, coffee makes me burp sometimes. Anyways, I think it's because it's like acidic. Anyway, (laughs) The point that I was trying to get to is my living room was really coming together. So for those of you who don't know, I moved into this new apartment in February and that was right before the pandemic. Um, Everything kind of shut down on like March 12th or March 13th. So I literally moved in and then like a week after I moved in, I went to fashion week and then in New York and then I came back and the next week I went to Lake Tahoe and then I had like one more week and then it was like literally like the pandemic. Um, And so... When I moved into my new place, I had really planned on um, redoing it, but I wanted to find very specific pieces, which is, you know, if you're looking for like vintage furniture, it's, if you're not doing it slowly, I, unless you like have great luck with uh, furniture stores around you or whatever, like, I just feel like when you're trying to furnish your apartment with vintage pieces, especially if you're not trying to spend like a fuck ton of money, it just takes some time. And so I've slowly been collecting pieces um, and like, you know, kind of turning my living room into a space that like I just really love. And um, yeah, it's going pretty well. I think I might get a new rug. I love my rug, but I think I want a bigger rug. Um, And then um, I have like a shoe shelf display thing, which I do really love, but I think I might want to get something a little different. I don't know. I just always love switching up furniture. And then like, as soon as I got this couch, though, I got to say like, I feel like it really 
pulled everything all the other vintage pieces I've been collecting in my living room like it pulled them together like I have this beautiful um beautiful vintage couch from the 70s or it's like a chair couch type of thing that I got a few months ago that I love um I have this beautiful vintage Burlwood table that I love um you know I have like this gorgeous lamp that I found that's from the 80s I have this like you know little pedestal that's also vintage from like the 80s and I just I really feel like the living room is coming together and I'm really happy with it even though low key I might I might be moving I'm not sure well in a, so what I'm trying to do is move into a bigger apartment in my apartment building um but I just told my building about it the other day and I'm waiting for them to get back to me and let me know what availabilities they'll have by the time my lease ends for this apartment because yeah I really think I just want a bigger space like I live in a one-bedroom apartment which is fine but like even if I moved into another one-bedroom I would just want it to be a more spacious one-bedroom but ideally I want to move into a two-bedroom so I can turn um, one of the rooms into kind of more of like a office space where I can like work um, and also I'm I always need more fucking wardrobe and shoe space so I would probably also do that but yeah I just kind of want a bigger space it might happen it might not I don't know I also just feel like moving is so annoying which is why I want to move in my apartment building to just like a bigger unit like I literally told them like can you find one that's like on my fucking floor so like I can just like move it like next door kind of thing um but if that doesn't happen I might consider moving into a new building. I don't know. I like my apartment building. I really, really love it. It's really clean. Um, it's so funny. Anytime I tell someone I love my building, they're like, oh, what do you love about it? I'm like, it's just fucking clean. It's like immaculate. Like I have a lot of friends who live in apartments in Orlando and like, I just, I'm so sorry. Like if you're one of those people listening, but like my apartment building is so much cleaner than yours. Like my apartment building is the cleanest apartment building I've ever seen in my life. Like it's immaculate. Like it just always smells a fresh, like freshly cleaned everything. Like it just, I love it. I love how clean my apartment building is. Um, and yeah, like everyone who lives here is like a doctor basically. Cause I live close to like a hospital. So it's like people who are like never home or like people who are like, you know, older professionals. So like, they're not like being rowdy or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I really, really enjoy my building, even though now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, my car did get broken into twice, but I mean, whatever your car gets broken into anywhere you are. This is fucking Orlando. Like people do be trying to break into your car. That's, that's the Florida way. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm kind of, you know, thinking about moving. This literally just kind of started like rolling into place. I don't even know if that's a real saying um, the other day. And yeah, so I called my leasing office and like, I don't know what it is. It's like the Arab in me. Like I innately haggle with people. Like I love to bargain. Like when I was in Amsterdam... <laughs> When I was in Amsterdam, I remember going to this vintage store and telling the lady, like, just straight up. I don't even know if people haggle in the Netherlands, but I, like, lit up to, went up to her and I was like, if I buy these two pair of vintage jeans, will you sell them both to me for, like, for, like, 60 bucks? Like, I like I literally was just like, just give me a deal. And she, and she, she said yes. Even when I was in... um in London, like there was not a single vintage shop I went to. I remember I went to this really overpriced vintage store and they had this... um like kind of like 70s shift dressy top thing by Courage, Courage. I don't, I never know how to pronounce that brand, but you know what I'm talking about. Courage's Courage. Um, and I think it's Courage. Anyway, um, it was really overpriced. And I was like, y'all give you like 
70 pounds for this, which is still fucking expensive. But I think they had it listed for like 150 and she was like, um, she was like, okay, fine, but you have to pay me in cash. So I like went to an ATM machine and the ATM only gives you like even twenties. So I took out 60 and I told myself, I'm like, if she doesn't take 60 pounds for it, then like, I guess it's not worth it. So I came up to her. I was like, Hey, I only got 60. Will you still take it? And she was like, yeah. And I mean, that was a pretty fucking bold thing to do. And I mean, she did want to slap me, but I mean, still, she still sold it to me. So like, clearly she wasn't that mad about it. So the point of the story is, is I'm trying, I'm trying to get my apartment to agree to giving me a larger unit for a lower price because I'm like, I'll renew my lease and I'm a really good tenant and I pay my rent on time and, um, I'm not noisy and I'm very clean and I, you know, I feel like, and this is going to sound kind of fucked up, but like ever since the pandemic, a lot of people have been moving out because it's kind of a more expensive downtown apartment building. And a lot of people can't afford that anymore, which is really fucking sad, but also, I don't feel bad for the man, which is the people who own my apartment building. It's like a huge management agency. Like I don't, I don't feel bad for them. So I know that they're kind of desperate for tenants. And so am I taking advantage of that by trying to get them to give me a better deal? Because I think that they just need money. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. And I implore you to do the same because fuck the man. And like, I mean, like, like, why should I feel bad for this management agency that owns like fucking hundreds of apartment buildings? Like they're fine. Like I'm the one who's like a fucking freelancer and like you should, you should be trying to help me anyway. Um, just my white man entitlement really fucking jumping out right now. Um, I hope you guys like this episode. Um, I'm still a little sad that it wasn't the episode that I was hoping it would be with my sister, like it's just like a fun little bantery episode. And if you want that and you haven't listened to the past episodes with my sister, I think she's been on the ep- the show like three or four times. Um, she was on the very first episode ever, Prostitute versus Prosecute. Um, if you don't listen to that episode, go listen to it. It's I'm like 99% sure it's the first episode. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, and as always... I love you guys. Um, Rate and review on iTunes. Pretty, pretty fucking please. Like, I just can't tell you how much it helps. And also, it takes maybe one minute. So it's just it's just so easy for you to do. And, um, you know, sometimes people send me really nice long DMs and I love that. But like, you know, it'd also be nice if you just like roast, posted what you were going to say to me in a DM in a review. <laughs> I think that more often than not, like when someone sends me a nice DM about my podcast, I'm like, thanks. But also, you know what I would appreciate even more if you left a review on iTunes and sent a screenshot of it to me on Instagram DM, I would still respond to you. So if that's what you want, I'll do it. But just leave a review on iTunes. Come on. I just, I just want to chart in the U S I haven't charted in the U S in a while. And I want to chart in the U S it's not too much to ask for. Anyway, um, next Sunday's episode is going to be fun. God willing, hopefully nothing. Hopefully I don't fight with that fucking guest. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to share it with you guys and I hope you like this episode. And also another thing you can do to support the episode, go to the episode description. This episode is sponsored by the dough, which you've probably already heard by now. Just go click on the link, go click on the link by the dough that I've shared. It it just helps me look good. Don't you want me to, why don't you guys want me to look good? Okay. Just like, come on, do it. I want to look good in front of my sponsors and on the iTunes charts. Um, okay. I'm going to stop asking you guys for shit now. You can ask me for stuff. 
ask me for stuff dm me and be like hey noor can you do this for me and like maybe i'll do it i don't know let's let's have a, a reciprocative relationship where that sounds weird and creepy but like you know if you need me to do something for you i'll try to do something for you just you know we can help each other it's fine all right i'm gonna shut the fuck up right now um as always you can follow the podcast on instagram at arab american psycho and you can follow me on instagram at nor e go check out my tiktok i'm do dumb shit there and people seem to like it and um i will talk to you guys next sunday